The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to a game from the radio, the official Deepak Alpacon. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. Of course, we have none other than Dominic Definition Man Toronto. I don't like Tymok. <laughs> we have L Man Jenny Felby. Died to meet Tymok. And the man on the side, Hassan Godwin. I saw I saw the, the movie he was in. And then... <laughs> it was a, he had a, a casa on the entire movie in the in the Harlem. So that was uh that was a weird. Casa? Casa is a the Japanese hat. Oh, or a house in Espanol. Yeah. yeah, I was <laughs> actually going with Jen. I'm like, he was wearing a house. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what? And it's also a hat. It's it's also the what they call their hat. The, the oh. wicker oh. hat, whatever that thing is. Oh, it's a case hat. Yes, cool. Okay. I wanted to know the name of that. Thanks. So like on this week's show. <laughs> <laughs> this week's show. We have another Jay Bird and Lee segment. Uh, Chris Wosley's The King of Streaming has his Chris picks for Chicken Soup of the Soul. And uh, Jen, Elman Jenny Feldy, interviews artist and musician Hope Woodison, right? Woodison? Yes. Okay. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's Morphin Time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of. Celebrating with 27, eight years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is all the way in, scheduled for all the way in December, which is the Big Apple Christmas Con on December the 16th. I believe tickets might be on sale right now. And I want to give a shout out to our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grill. Award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portes, Newsday, Famous Dress and Media, Unchikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yazin Array, Rosa, and The Huracan. I uh, also want to give our designated shout-outs to people who supported my complex designated on Crowdfunder with no E. That's uh, Chantal H., Mike Caravella, Diana Portes, Jimmy Pamiati, Kelly Gordon, Sharon, and Alexander Glass. Want to get your own little shout out? Go to my website, www.camfrail.com. Little button on there takes you right to our Patreon page. And also, if you go to Crowdfunder with no E, type in the word designated, you can uh, get it from there as well. All right, so let's see what we got here. We only have one bit of sad news. I am tired just listening to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have our first bit of sad news. Actress, you know what's weird? Um, Actress. Jacqueline I don't know, actress, you Lee, know it's weird. Actress Jacqueline Lee Zeman died recently from cancer. Uh, Jacqueline was perhaps best known for her role of Sophia Madison in 78 episodes of the series The Bay, which ran from 2010 to 2022, and for her role as Bobby Spencer for 45 years and 916 episodes of the daytime soap General Hospital from 1978 to 2023, taking a break uh, from 2010 to 2013. She was 70. Um, the reason I said it's, it's funny about that is because our senior yeah. correspondent, Charlie Saladino, was a huge fan. He met her. He sent me a picture of him with her with his, with his porn mustache, and he's not mm-hmm. here to talk about her. 
as a lot of times when we have uh, someone that he specifically would know about, he's not here. Well, maybe he read the news about. ahead of time like I should have, and he's too sad to talk about it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, Dominic, uh, was General <laughs> Hospital one of your uh, soaps that you used to watch? Oh, no. No, that's ABC. I was ABC. A, I was a CBS man. CBS man. Hassan, did you watch the daytime soaps by chance? I never watched General Hospital. I was... I w- there was a time when I was heavily caught up in um, Days of Our Lives for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> but not General Hospital. Days of Our Lives was where I, I kind of drew the line. Oh, all right, fair enough. <laughs> um, so that's it for the sad news. She you was 70 years old. <laughs> you do. You do have to have standards. She was 70 years old, and that's it for the sad news. So moving on to the not as sad news. From the one strike and you're out follow-up department. As mentioned in a previous broadcast, the Writers Guild of America is on strike. And as of this recording, which is uh, May 17th, 2023, we're on day number 15. Uh, This is an interesting time as networks begin to announce their fall TV schedules. And with no end to the strike in sight, the studios are hedging their bets and are following the old model the show must go on. Um, I think it's very interesting. For some reason, I feel that this strike is just going to be the strike to end all strikes for the Writers Guild of America because the the longest one so far was 100 days. And for some reason, I just feel this one is just going to go all the way. Like, it's going to be the strike to end all strikes because this is the studios keep keep sending out like really, really uh, in politics signals, you know? I mean, like the the chat G. PT or whatever was a was probably a dog whistle. I don't think anybody intends to do that, but there are there are other things that they're saying, and you know there's a certain posture that they're taking that seems like they're gonna they're they're fine with dragging this out for a long period of time. So yeah, it might be bad. And it's weird because like the they're the studios, the corporate is the bad guys. But um, playing devil's advocate here. you can think that, you know, they put all this money into these projects. This is how they make their companies continue. They have to keep on going despite everything. Am, am I wrong with that, Jen? Uh, yeah, you, one would think. One would think they have to keep things going on. But I'm more of the independent world for many health and pharmaceutical Where no reasons. one gets paid. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where it's very low pay. And um, honestly, I will stick with that until some of the mandates change in the mainstream world and many realms. You do have to. You, I mean, the thing is, you do have to. They, they, they are required to to make money. They are required to make product and content so that everybody can watch. That's their job. But they do have to pay the people who help them make that stuff. That's the trick, you know. That's right. usually how that should work. Yeah. Yeah. What are they? So, what are they striking for again? So they're, the, they're oh, sorry, go ahead. You got, no, it, you, got it, you got it. You got it. You got it. Your show. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Um, uh, for I I know very rudimentary, but um, they they're not getting compensated. Writers are not getting compensated for the work that they're doing in in the manner that they feel is fit, and they're getting really uh, creamed on royalties uh, mm-hmm. uh, per the streaming services that have you know that have exploded, but nobody did the the uh, nobody put together a science on how. Um, the rights are going to be distributed. Got it. That that's what I that's I how I understand it. If Mark knows streaming, right? And most of the, the the biggest point is the streaming because they don't show their ratings. So how right. do you mm-hmm. know how much quote unquote money is being made from the ratings? And that's the other thing mm-hmm. that streaming services do is that they don't care about the ratings; they care about subscriptions. So. Right. 
you know, if a show does great or doesn't great, it doesn't matter as long as how many huge subscriptions or subscriptions subscribers that they keep. Mm -hmm. And how does that translate into money for other shows? Uh, there was um, an article right. by the Netflix guys. They specifically came out and said, we do not cancel shows that do not make money. And then everybody went all crazy about how all these shows that are beloved keep mm -hmm. on getting canceled. But they're like, yeah, but they don't make money. So if they're not making money, quote unquote, not making money, obviously, how can you quantify giving extra money to the writers? Well, the system, the system is, is terrible because everybody who has a streaming service is already paying their money. Right. So right. The, the trick of this, the, the, the trick of making money is that every now and then a streaming service has to have like a boondoggle of a show. That becomes a, a you know a world phenomenon and makes everybody start subscribing to uh, mm -hmm. to that service so that they can Up all with see the, the show. Kardashians. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> basically, even if a show is still successful and still drawing millions of views mm -hmm. in the third or fourth season, it's not attracting any new subscribers. So that's how they look at it. It's like, well, this show is not making us any money. So we're going to cancel it. That's that's one scenario. I mean, there are shows that nobody watches on streaming. So, like, right. you know, you can't argue. Um, you can't argue what the hierarchy is. But basically, the, the way the model is currently, even a show like Stranger Things, it was like Stranger Things is still on because it's a it's a it's a cultural phenomenon. But it's it's probably doubtful that it's making Netflix all that much new money because everybody who who subscribed to netflix to watch stranger things is already has, there has already for there season five it. yeah but wouldn't it couldn't you argue that it it, it goes to retention that yeah but continue I, that's, to stay subscribed you, that's, that's, a, that's that's very logical and but new people i mean if you i'm sorry because remember the, the, the company no, wants to make more money not well, that's what, what i'm saying money. retention they don't consider retention money right they that's money they've already spent mm. right they need new money to keep the services going so they right. need new subscribers. yeah and that's the that's basically a problem now networks never had that problem networks are like if people are watching we're making money we're making right but there's no advertisements yeah there's no advertisements in streaming so it's so that's why we're losing shows at season three or season four and there's huge you know outcry for the shows that like millions of people are watching but they they right. never I mean any what what's the last streaming show that you've seen that has gotten to five seasons? Like I mean new one. Mm. They don't mm. usually because around season three it's decided that this is not a new moneymaker anymore. And so we could we need to get rid of it to make room. That's I'd have to say it was probably like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is at season five and ending. Fair that's, enough. That, that's also on Amazon, and Amazon is slightly different. Amazon makes their money slightly differently than than Netflix. Yeah, that, that, um, I, yeah. I, but I, you're I, right. But it's just one. Like, but that's you rare. can't, you that's can't just rare. throw out a whole bunch of shows. I mean, I can list a whole bunch of shows that lasted one season, but it's very rare to list a list of shows that made that much of an impact and had that long of a retention. Yeah. And, yeah. That's and how it work. It's, it's not, crazy how the whole streaming service kind of effed up the whole, whole revenue yeah, thing. Yeah, not to derail the conversation because I know so it's crazy, about yeah. it's, it's about making money and it's about writers and the writer strike. But um, it was sold to us as the alternative to television 
because television, like network cable. television, was canceling. Well, same same thing basically. Yeah, um, you get, like, K- if you didn't K-TV. have a hit within five episodes, boom, they would cancel something. Yeah, and then Netflix was a streaming service where those shows that were were prematurely murdered would go to thrive, and there there are early examples of it doing that. And then all even of a mid- sudden it became the standard, and then it just started doing the same stuff. Yeah, you know? well even said, like mid, yeah. mid examples like Lucifer, they were still doing mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it was it designated uh, Longmire, one of well, my favorite shows, it got canceled in the third season and went all the way to season six on Netflix. Right. And that's a different model because rescuing a show can bring in new people for pre-existing mm-hmm. property. Yeah, but I doubt I doubt Netflix would even rescue a show now. You know. I don't. I don't. Uh, I haven't probably, seen that happen all that often. Probably not now. Well, actually, um, it's it's because they're now making original content, which wasn't a thing back then either. That's true. So it's yeah. so weird how this kind of just morphed into something completely different, which I believe that the studios did not anticipate. Mm-mm. They're like, right. well, this is a good thing. This is a way to make money. And then then people are like, wait a second. And it's, what what happened? I cut. What happens when corporations like come across something that they don't one hundred percent understand and they they absolutely were not ready for? What's the the main thing that happens? Mm. They start Close. screwing. They start screwing <laughs> people over. They start short paying people because they you know mm. they don't know what um, what financial whether it's going to be a financial windfall or a financial disaster for them and when they're in uncharted territory. So I guess. Their logic was, well, we don't need to tell the if we don't tell the writers how successful or unsuccessful the show is, they won't have any grounds to request raises, you know, or to mm. demand uh, contract renegotiations. Exactly. And so mm. that's that's basically what happened. So now we're gonna get a strike. That's right. gonna be like a uh, twenty twenty all over again with the with with COVID. We're gonna be there's gonna be delays that you know the industries are gonna take a hit. Um, the the cinematic industry, uh, the well, cinemas basically uh, ha- are just recovering from COVID, and now they're gonna now they're getting hit with a writer's strike that's probably gonna delay things. Um, coming down to yeah, probably next year is when we're gonna really start feeling that. Yeah. So it's it's a uh, you know it's not good. So speaking, you know of what books, you know what Netflix is? Netflix is like the cheap side chick that then becomes the <laughs> wife, and you didn't think <laughs> this little floozy would ever become the main lady, but now she's going to all the weddings, and now we don't even know who the you know right? That's kind of you what find happens. out she's she's more expensive than the wife you had. You might as well have kept your wife in the first place. And then all these people are mad. And <laughs> yeah, you know, all your friends have divorced you. We yeah. lost Dominic. Oh, we did lose Dominic. Dominic, come back. Well. He'll, hopefully he'll be able to come back, but we have to move on to the next, next bit of news, which might be our last bit of news. From the, if it isn't on the page, it isn't on the stage department. Speaking of the streaming and the writer's we strike. Are, we are just a sweeping organization, <laughs> man. We just have departments <laughs> everywhere. None other than the Tonys have been shot down by the Writers Guild of America in their request to allow writers to work on their award show, which was scheduled to broadcast on uh, streaming uh, and streaming live on June 11th. The argument is that the Tony Awards honors the Broadway industry, which many consider is separate from the television and film industry, which the Guild is striking against. 
because of which they are now debating on turning the event into a non-televised presentation of the awards, such as a media less of Golden Globes of last year, but with celebrities and media actually present, but not televised, um, a straight up press conference of some sort, or simply postponing uh, the award show until the strike is over. Of note, in addition to patting themselves on the back, uh, in the past, the Tonys have given a sort of bump in ticket sales from the exposure of a televised event with people who may not have heard of certain shows or a show's attendance in general rising because of the media hype. Also, the MTV Movie Awards was changed to a pre-taped show from a live ceremony on May 7th after the Guild said that it would pick up the award shows. Uh, none other than scheduled host Drew Barrymore dropped out before the change was made in solidarity, and the Guild canceled its picketing after the format was changed. So now Broadway is being affected by the writers, right? Mm. Do you think that they should be like, yeah, let the writers write for this, or be like, nope, nobody at all? What do you think, uh, Dominic? Did you hear all that? I heard most of it. Um, I don't know. You know how I feel about award shows. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, it, it, the writing isn't that good for them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so you so might as well just we're not, that we're over. missing out stuff. No, you might as well just like have Chad GBT do or have the yeah. actors do it themselves. Be real. It's not hard to write. And then, and then audience members slaps host, you know? It's not a, <laughs> yeah. That's not a hard thing to write. So. But they're not allowed to write it. That's the thing. They're not allowed to write anything at all. So people can't even say the award goes to. Like, that's part of the yeah. script. That's it's pretty like... much it. It's like, <laughs> hey, what's the category? This is the category? Okay, here are the nominees. All right, award goes to. Thank you. There we go. And no jokes, like, no nothing. Just just wheel out the award here just imagine go, how go, much faster these award shows would be without, like these <laughs> or maybe the I, don't, I don't even watch those anymore unfortunately they well, used to be was... big when i was a kid the family used to gather together to watch the oscars it was the weirdest thing it was like it was a major thing when i was young yeah and I now the same n- thing nobody nobody cares about this stuff anymore. i mean it's a big deal that your favorite movie or your favorite it's still a big deal that they won an award but it's not it's not big enough a deal that we should we feel we need to be there for when they win that yeah. award. Exactly. Yeah, who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> I always thought the smartest was the MTV movie awards because they used to pre-tape it. Like them them pre-taping it now isn't to me not a big deal because they used to pre-tape it and then they'd edit it and make sure it's always two hours. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that's what well. they should do. You know why they're probably pre-taping it? Because Trump, because CNN is no longer doing the live feeds after Trump. And now MTV is probably like, yeah, let's not give Trump a platform either. It's probably something to do with Trump. That's not, not even <laughs> Not. That's not. so flat. <laughs> I know, that's why. I, don't even know. I like a bad joke. <laughs> that's why the writers are on strike. This We had writers. <laughs> That's if we had better. <laughs> you just leave me, and you'll be fine. So More like Trump's that. Fault. So yeah, we're, we're, we're out of time. Fault. Surprisingly, enough, we're out of time. What? What? Just so... going so well. <laughs> How can we stop now? We, we need. Any... We need an episode where it's just us go doing the news and not all this extra stuff. So that's your final thought, Dominic. So we'll just move yeah. on to Hassan. Just, just cut out the Everyone rest of the show. like a genuine talk show of, of, you know, of us monkeys like sitting around throwing topics around at yeah, each other. Because that's actually Let's, like the best. What do you? I, I, yeah. I don't disagree. Yeah. I do not yeah. disagree. I Jen, agree. Yeah. Final thought. Bring it home. Um, I think you know if you can't blame Trump, then blame yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back with the game for the radio. <laughs> 
Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about The Big Short. The Big Short, financial disaster in the two, 2000s. Another movie <clears throat> based on the two th- early 2000s, 2008, or uh, Crash. Hmm. Financial Crash. Yeah, that's, that's weird. We have a lot of... 2000s movies. Yeah, right? We're kind of going through that uh, realm right now. I guess so. What, <laughs> what do you think of the... What you think of the movie? Um, it was good. I mean, it's hard to follow, I think, if you're younger and don't really know financial terms. But... It's, not, it's not even younger. I didn't even catch up. We have to watch that movie like 10 times to see what, <laughs> what it's about. You know? It's very good, though. Oh, another movie with Steve Carell. Yeah, another movie with Steve Carell. We just talked about Little Miss Sunshine, so... Yeah. Um, it's... It's basically just about the market crash of in the housing um, industry. Right, the housing crash of 2008 and then, or 2009, and then how people lost their homes and mm-hmm. and how these guys, uh, Steve Carell's character and Ryan Gosling, who plays that guy, um, the broker, I guess, mm-hmm. who's really funny in the movie. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> he's uh, basically. You know how him and and even uh, Christian Bale plays Michael Barry, who also predicted the housing crash, and um, just what they did to bet against, you know, pretty much uh, the housing market, and yeah, made millions of dollars. I mean, it's crazy to think about. It's it is very interesting though. Like I didn't even know that was. I didn't know it that happened. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it was like a time where like people really lost homes, jobs. Um, businesses were closing you know just because everything is so tied to the economy and there was a big bubble because you could buy houses at any price you know yeah. i mean there was zero down payments you could buy a house um, that's crazy to think about <clears throat> you didn't i think they had it where it was like no job and you still could have got a house you know no yeah so it'd be like no money no down payment no job and you could still get a house that's, that's, I don't know, that's insane to think about. Right, and, you know, and all these houses were just, like, eventually they became uh, zombie houses because people couldn't afford them anymore because, obviously, they didn't have enough money to make the mortgage in the first yeah. place. So they were talking about that and these, like, yeah, zombie houses. So, basically, it's just a house that's, like, empty mm-hmm. and it's just deteriorating because <laughs> the people abandoned the homes. Well, yeah, I mean, we saw that a little bit in the... In the movie. In the movie where they were like, fine, if you don't believe me, go see it. Yeah. For yourself. And they did. And they were, people, like, their houses were abandoned and people weren't paying their rent and all that. And they were living in these, like, extravagant neighborhoods and... Yeah, it's crazy, right? How that even happened. Yeah, it is crazy to think about that it's, you know, real life. So what'd you like about the movie? I like just seeing how they were able to, uh... It was so annoying, though, because they weren't able to convince... Like, it was very hard to convince, like, big 
banks yeah that it was actually happening and they thought that they were insane when in reality they were making tons but i mean i think the craziest part is just like i i assumed that they would all be happy once they made all the money but they seemed like they were even they were in a worse spot than they were well, I at think, the end of the movie. You think so? I mean, I guess... They the f- looked at how they, how upset they were afterwards. Like, they were... Well, I think morally, know. right? It's morally they bet against something that was hurting millions of people. Yeah. And I think a few of them were definitely upset about it because of the corruption that had gone on and probably still goes on today, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, in the market. But, um, yeah, they, they found a loophole to make some crazy dollars and unfortunately at the expense of many people but at the end of the day you know this was allowed by you know politics you know and 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 finance yeah which is crazy but i mean in all honesty it makes sense the it's just crazy though because there was like everyone assumed that everything was going so well but then it's just like you dug a little deeper and well, I was like, well, yeah, on the surface, everything looks good. And then when you start looking underneath the sheets or whatever, the covers, you know, forget it. You, all of a sudden you start to see problems. Yeah. You know, and since everything's going well and people are getting rich and it's not just a few people, it's a lot of people that are doing well. So they just don't care. Right. Yeah. So that's a very interesting moral dilemma. Right. Yeah. I mean, because they made money, but it's at, at the expense of what? Almost. Yeah. So would you like it watch it again? Probably just understand it more. I mean, they talked so fast and so... Like, they had so much information within, like, one second. Right. That it was just... Yeah, I feel like I need to watch it over again to sort of understand what things are. Yeah, I think I saw it three times and I still, like, you know, have to understand it a little bit better. But, you know, that's just one of the um things that happens with a movie like this but there's also another movie called margin call which might actually explain it a little bit better Hmm. but we should watch that one yeah sounds good okay (laughs) all right stay safe stay healthy and stay connected ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start worry not true believers we at the comic book school may just have the answer to your questions Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. Hey, it came from the radio fans. It's Chris Woolsey, the king of streaming, back with another segment of Chris's Picks for what is steaming hot on Redbox streaming service this month. Well, we've got a ton of killer titles this month for you. Let's start off with the 90s star-studded thriller classic, California. That's California with a K ironic spelling and uh this was starring brad pitt david duchovny juliette lewis back in the prime of all their careers um really good stuff taught thriller about a couple of journalists who are visiting uh the sites of famous serial killers unaware that one of their group is a serial killer themselves um super great it's kind of a forgotten um uh 
Brad Pitt classic. I think it's a great film, and you should definitely check this one out. Give it another watch. Speaking of star-studded classics, we've got uh, Rob Roy uh, starring Liam Neeson and the lovely Jessica Lange. And um, this is the uh, historic telling of uh, Rob Roy, who's wronged by a nobleman and um, becomes an outlaw in search of revenge. Uh, it's a classic Liam Neeson movie. If you haven't watched this one, and if you're a fan of like Braveheart, you definitely want to check this one out. A uh, little comedy fair. We've got Death at a Funeral, uh, which is a phenomenal comedy. Again, star-studded. Uh, Matthew McFadden uh, from Secession. We've got Peter Dinklage. I think this was one of his first films. Um, who you you know you obviously know from Elf and Game of Thrones, uh, Danny Glover, who's always amazing and everything. Tracy Morgan, it is uh, it is just filled with comedy genius, and um, it's it's about chaos ensuing when a man uh, tries to expose a dark secret uh, regarding a, a recently deceased family member of a dysfunctional British family. So you definitely want to check that out. It's super. Super fun. Um, we've also got uh, Mulholland Falls, uh, which is phenomenal. If you like noir films, um, L.A. Confidential and the like, um, you're going to love Mulholland Falls. Full of stars, Nick Nolte, uh, Jennifer Connelly from The Rocketeer, uh, Melanie Griffith. Um, it's a fantastic film. Uh, I love noir, and I think you're going to love this one too. Check it out. Um, we also have uh, the... The Nicolas Cage uh, Oscar award-winning film Leaving Las Vegas, um, uh, where Nicolas Cage is is basically uh, a, a famous writer who's battling alcoholism and uh, slowly uh, losing that fight. Um, Elizabeth Shue plays a Las Vegas prostitute who um, is trying to help him uh, to greater or lesser success. Um, but it's a phenomenal film. Both their performances are extraordinary. And as I said, Nicolas Cage actually won uh, Best Actor Oscar for that. Uh, richly deserved. Um, also, a super fun little uh, gem that we dug up. Um, if you liked the menu, which I just saw and thought was fantastic, um, you definitely want to check out The Perfect Host, uh, starring David Hyde Pierce, uh, from obviously from Frasier, and... Uh, uh, Clayne Crawford from A Walk to Remember. But this is about a convict who's um, escaping a crime spree and uh, takes co cover inside a mansion. And unfortunately for him, uh, the owner of that house, uh, David High Pierce, is is a little eccentric, to say the least. And um, it turns into a dinner party of... Uh, chaotic proportions. So definitely, if you liked the menu, you're going to want to check this one out. Um, but we've got all kinds of great stuff. Uh, Tiger House, which is another uh, action film starring uh, Kaya Soldorario from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and Ed Screen from Deadpool. Um, this is a taut thriller um, about a, a, a break-in, a, a home invasion that... Um, 
the invaders underestimate the young woman inside. It's a great film. Check it out. Again, all of these titles and more, more, more are all available on Redbox Streaming for free this month. So check it out. This has been uh, Chris's Picks, and thanks for listening. Have a day as special as you are. Bye-bye. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Hello, Radioheads. You know this is El Man. I'm here with Hope Woodison. She is an extremely enjoyable musician because not all musicians are enjoyable, but she, let's just say I've been very stressed and just listening to her on Friday and listening to her song by Secret Eye on today put me in a relaxing state. So back with the introduction, back to Hope. She's an extremely enjoyable keyword musician and you probably heard her in the band's Secret Ion, I Respect, Alternative Medicine, Shecky and the Twang Tones, Astronado, among others. I, I had to write this as a lot. She does a lot, okay? <laughs> She's also a poet, a songwriter, a flautist, if you don't know what a flautist is. Uh, she plays the flute and is beautifully done. Guitarist, she's also on a mission, like me, to increase the positive vibration of the world with all her various works collaboratively, which she definitely does collaboratively. She also volunteers time to assist at-risk individuals. Oh my God, that's a lot. (laughs) It is. So thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me. I love being here. Thanks for uh, allowing me to to do that part of that mission today with you. Yeah, Um, I I believe it. So we met a few years ago. And I Respect is, I mean, that's just one of the bands you play in. Very relaxing music. And we're going we're gonna to somehow link your secret eye on Ginger song, which is extremely relaxing. Reminds me of Amy Mann. Oh. It's just superstar music. Uh, if, this, if you're not, like, super on the map globally soon, then that's a travesty. Oh, wow. That's a lovely thing to say. It's, it's the truth. You. We have an outline, but, you know, uh, aside from the outline, we're speaking from the heart here. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go right to your band, Secret Ion, okay? Sure. So she told me Secret Ion is working on helping change the vibe of the earth with a worldwide peace initiative. How? What's going on? <laughs> well, uh, it starts with... Uh, an intention, just okay. like anything. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, there's been a lot of synchronicity in experiences in my life. And uh, one of those things is uh, my grandfather and I were born on the same day, 1010. Oh, okay. So uh, I decided that my band is going to help not only spread happiness to the world with our hilarious songs, mm-hmm. uh, but also we we ask people at shows that at ten ten in the morning or ten mm-hmm. ten at night, whenever you think about it, okay. to say a, a peaceful, happy thing for the world. Oh, I like that. Every day or every night at ten ten, when you see the clock shift, right? Uh, to 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 ask just. For, for the world to be uplifted in whatever way you want to say. Right. And that's a very important thing to like spread that. 
And it's easy to remember because 10, 10 wins. You know? Wait, quick question. Okay. So, you know, I'm sure anyone listening or watching, you've probably seen, say, okay, everyone pray at this time or pray on this day. What are your thoughts on having multiple people pray or set intention or sing a song or say a word at the same time rather than throughout the week or well, throughout that's, the month? Th- yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's an important thing about numbers, large okay. numbers. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, the larger the numbers, the more effect you have on anything. A flock of birds, uh, when 51% of them decides to turn, the rest go in the same direction. So uh, I, 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 this is well part said. of that kind of uh, theoretical um, uh, idea okay. that uh, if we increase the positive vibes of the earth at the right. same times, we're going to have a bigger impact. Well, I'll tell you this, multiple people have called or texted me today with good vibes. And I don't know, the vibe (laughs) since the text I sent you at two or three is very different from the vibe at, I don't know, about 10 o'clock. It might might even be 10.10. Oh, no, it's 10.30. It was 10.10 when I sat here, actually. Oh, really? It was. I noticed. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So, so what other things are you guys doing to increase the peace and uplift the vibe of the world. Because there's so many ways to do that, and we should all be doing that. And if you're not, then I have a bone to pick with you, and uh, she can tell you how to raise the vibration. So can I? So how how can we do this? Uh, it's, it, well, it, it, it's it's not a one step process. No. It's a very like continuous thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we uh, we can live a very meditative existence if we set our intention all day. Mm. From the minute that we rise to the minute that we put our heads down on the pillow, if we're constantly paying attention to what are we doing to grow ourselves and grow the world. Mm-hmm. So um, when I when I interact with people, when I go to the grocery store, when I create something, mm-hmm. I'm putting in a very careful, caring part. Yeah. Uh, and and I keep it as constant as possible. So, like, that comes out in the work on stage. Mm-hmm. That comes out in the album. Uh, that comes out in, uh, you know, when we jump around and dance around with people right. at shows. You know, I bring that with all the bands right. that, that, I, that I'm that i in. I've seen it. Yeah, you've seen it. Yeah, so, no, you, anytime I've been around you, I'm like... It's like comforting. Like when I actually, when I first met you, I was not running late, but I was lost and trying to get to this island that you had to take a boat to. And I was trying to find, I had to find like the parking lot. And then I had to find the boat to get to the island, to get to another boat. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. And I'm in a mermaid dress. Like I can't really walk. And then I see her, I'm like, can you help me? Like, where do I go? And you, you helped me. And I was like, Oh, it's kind of like, you know, you're on an island and you think you're sinking. And that's how I felt that day. And then she came along and I was like, oh, my God, thank God you're here. And I got to where I needed to go. You and Carl, I think we're on the boat. And um, no, that's the vibe. And I was like, it was very strong, though. I'll tell you this because, you know, I'm almost 39. Um, Sometimes you meet people and it's like, no, or it's like nice and comforting or uplifting. It was like what you described you're definitely doing that because I I came over with an overwhelming sense of oh everything's gonna be okay uh, when you came along oh look good. at that I want that to always happen no BS I love that yeah it was it was like overwhelming sense oh, of peace that is it so wasn't happy. just like oh she's all right 
because I almost see most people I don't know as criminals until proven not. <laughs> and you know I what? I should have done that a little bit more in the last year and a half. But what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, what, what you do is you look at that and you, and you really be real about it. Right. And then you grow. Right. Right. That's it. That's right. all you do. And that's, that's actually, I'm going to just um, sidestep to another thing. So you help, you help an at-risk population. Um, you can more delicately say things because I say things a little abrasive, but Lovely, don't uh, you help people, you know, to kind of get back on track where they need to. So could you speak on that a little bit uh, and maybe give yeah. some ways to get back on track if you've been thrown off by life or horrible people or uh, troubled people? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, there's a lot of troubled people in the world. There really yeah. are. Yeah. And uh, 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 I've been one, um, right? Yeah, me too. And I had to come out of it, and yeah. I, I I get troubled sometimes, and I have to come out of it. And what do mm-hmm. you do? You know, um, I worked with uh, at-risk teens actually in okay. Arizona to give you a little history. Hmm. Um, I worked with uh, kids who had broken homes mm-hmm. or were in gangs, or their parents were in Jeez. gangs. Rap sheets taller than you, right? And uh, it was not easy. Uh, and I didn't even have it all together yet then. Mm. I was in my late 20s. But um, what happened was I I had to really focus on right. what kind of behavior am I exhibiting as an example to these young kids? And what kind of mm. stuff am I doing to come out of my troubles so that I can teach them? Right. And uh, so it was really, you know, like, look at yourself. Look at your obstacles. Are they permanent? And the answer is always no. Right. Everything is time limited that okay. we know in the universe. Mm-hmm. We have never seen anything last forever, not even ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is, is, is come accustomed to the fact that, you know, even though we're feeling a certain way, right. something feels overwhelming, it's not going to last forever. We will get through it. We've gotten through everything else. Right. A more eloquently said, this too shall pass. Exactly. Nothing's forever. Exactly. Right. That's it. Yeah. You don't I forget that sometimes. <laughs> we all do, but but yeah. it's it's when you when you make a practice of noticing in your awareness and, and I got that a lot from meditating. Mm-hmm. Um when when you're noticing what's happening on a constant basis and you can really hone in when right. you shift. Right. Before it gets to the crisis point. Right, right. A lack of reflection. I reflect almost every day. I try to take time almost every day to check in. Where am I? Because the truth is, if you're moving or evolving or, or, or regressing at a rapid pace, uh, you can you can do a lot of damage or, or, ben- or change for the better in a day. Yeah. <laughs> One day. You could, I mean, it, it can be even quicker, I have to say. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I like to say that we always have a choice. Heraclitus said in 500 BC that the only constant is change. Yes. And that's one of the most resonant things I've ever heard in my life. I always used to quote that when I was like a teenager. It was yeah. like one of the first quotes that's like, the only constant is change. So And good. also, if you waste time, you waste your life. That was on my business card. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. That's <laughs> very good. Back to what you're saying, because you were in your 20s and you're helping yeah. people. So it sounded sounds like helping other people forced you or helped you shift to where you need to be. Because if you're going to be a leader, you have to have a strong foundation to build on. So mm-hmm. if you didn't go and help other people, perhaps you wouldn't have evolved or gotten out of your sticky situations yeah. uh, at, at the pace you did. 
uh, it's interesting because I was I, I I had a I had such a a crazy kind of uh, life up until and I'm I'm 43. Okay. Uh, so I'm a bit older than you, not much, but uh, right, right. But I, I had a shift probably um, in about 2018 that was instantaneous. Me too. What month? <laughs> April. Okay, mine was August. It was, okay. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah, but that <laughs> shift was from a, a concentrated meditation that I went on for 10 days. Oh, mine was one hour. Well, <laughs> see, the times may be the same and different. So what happened? Yeah, what, what happened to this concentrated meditation in 10 days that was such a huge shift in April of 2018? <laughs> I didn't know we were going to talk about this. Well, we were No, it's to. wonderful. Uh, yeah, we got so, another eight minutes for the radio. Oh, we have eight minutes. Oh, but uh, we got more time after that. Yes. Uh, so this is very interesting. It's called mm-hmm. Vipassana. Okay. And uh, I went to Shelburne Falls, Massachusetts, for ten days, and okay. it was a silent meditation. Oh my god! Fifty men, fifty women, uh, two, two separate dormitories, oh and. bravery because it was not easy to go and just dissolve your whole life for 10 days. Oh my God. Did you slip braille under the doors? Uh, No, there's no writing. There's uh, (laughs) braille. Hey, I got a braille note for you. I swear. (laughs) Get around it, you know? I I would feel under the door and feel like I was breaking my uh, noble silence by by listening. With Whoa. my hands. Oh, oh my! Crazy. Would you would you try to get in any talk? Would you try to sneak no, your way? No, I did not because I really wanted to succeed at at, at creating a shift in my consciousness. Cool. So uh, there was no desire to really talk during right. that time, and it actually helped you to concentrate that much more further on what you were there to do. Right. Um, and so huh. it's like you're doing. I, I don't want to teach it because uh, it's impossible for me to teach it. You have mm-hmm. to do this meditation. Mm-hmm. But what it effectively did for me was cause a lot of clarity. The Vipassana uh, actually technically means clearly seeing. Clearly clear seeing. seeing. So um, what I was undergoing without this insight before mm-hmm. was a little bit less clear seeing. Yeah. And uh, now I feel... A, I have a much better focus. You seem uh, pretty clear now. Yeah. Even maybe more than when I saw you two years ago. Definitely. That's just my guess. You're right. Yeah. You're you right. seem more like solid now. Yes, I am. You're a little more easily shifted. I feel like we could throw you off your access then. And yeah. now you're more like I've gone through here. a lot in that time. Okay. A lot to, right. to yeah. shift that as well. But uh, well, actually, <laughs> that's going to be in the book. That'll, no. be the, that'll be the next question. So yeah. how do you overcome the challenges that life throws you? And obviously, it's a very vague question. You could focus on one if you wanted to or whatever. Uh, how do you overcome the challenges? You know, it's again with that time-limited understanding. It's also right. to, uh, you know, stay... Uh, Close to my natural supports. Uh, I mm-hmm. speak to my mother on the phone every single day. Okay. Wow. Um, I uh, make sure that I spend time in nature. Okay. Um, and I, I do maintain a clear understanding of the present moment. As right. in, like, a challenge is over as soon as it's over. And however long I multiply mm. that suffering with my mind is right. up to me. Right, 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 right. 
interesting. See, I'll I think I'll drag on some ideas because I think almost like a lawyer, mm-hmm. and it's like Ben Stiller and Along Came Polly. I'm a risk <laughs> assessment analysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like okay, we got to make sure there's no holes in the boat before I go to sleep. <laughs> And we got to make sure we cover it every angle. And just like chess, is there any way this person can come through this window, even though I have this window? So I'm constantly thinking, because when you're dealing with some pretty strategic son of a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to really... You got to really look out at every angle. You just never know. I mean, just the film industry yeah. alone is like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, you, th- there's all kinds in all industries, and they all uh, are... Unfortunately, Music, for sure. Yeah, every, everything you could think of. Yeah, uh, there's always one. There's always snakes in the grass, and even training. I had the most snakes in the grass as a trainer at a gym. I consider <laughs> them to be off uh, in their understanding. I consider them to be uh, sadly ignorant of a better way. So mm-hmm. I'm not forgiving them or excusing them. Right. But what I am saying to myself is I'm not demonizing these people. Right, right, I, right. I'm not creating some characterization of them beyond just a very simple explanation, which is that they haven't gotten all the answers yet, and uh, and so they haven't fit the pieces together. Just mm-hmm. like I didn't fit the pieces together right, for myself right. before sure. I actually tried to study and concentrate myself better to improve my output and, and my them. intention. Forgive them for they don't know. Isn't that like a Jesus? It is. It Actually, is. I know this is totally going off track because I want to ask you what your mantra is, but I have <laughs> to ask because you said, well, you know, it's not necessarily malicious or they just don't know. They don't have the pieces. They don't have the tools. Do you think, because this has been a big topic of the week, do you think that devils or demons or Satan or like malicious things do exist because what I've noticed it does seem like certain people just don't know and they make mistakes and they don't know how to schedule or there's chaos but then there's some people that really enjoy to watch other people suffer and they'll try to cause it I feel that that is a sickness right and I feel that uh, I feel like those characterizations of, of devilishness mm-hmm. uh, are just a way of, of understanding the vibe Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just an, it, to me, that's just a descriptor. Okay. Um, you're just describing the symptom to me, whatever's wrong with that person, whether it's some otherworldly thing, doesn't matter to me. Right. What matters to me is that they're upsetting the matrix. And what do I do to pull myself and my friends away from that problem? Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, I don't characterize things in such a way like that because, uh, that I don't know. Right. I don't know. And right. so I'm not going to speak the truth about something that I don't know for sure with science mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. provable uh, other aspect. So I'm just going to call it something that I need to get everybody away from, yeah. including myself. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. simple. Yeah, it's interesting. I have a lot of friends who entertain this yeah. Satan. So, so that's another show. But we're going to get back to you. So what is your more simple, I put, very mm. simple question. What is your mantra? <laughs> what is your mantra? <laughs> it, uh, it's a good it's a good question because it brings back my band Secret Ion, which mm-hmm. uh, just came back from the dead this year. Yeah, uh, and I heard it, and it's really nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited about yeah. it. Uh, it's, yeah, you should be. It was an idea. It was a fake band for Wait, 20 years. Fake band. Yeah, it was. I I, uh, I run a page called Fake Band Names, and. Uh, What's cool is um, 
I'm just gonna do this. Sorry. Yeah. Get in my mantra pose. This is our last minute. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, like okay. one minute. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> long story longer. Uh, yeah. uh, the band's back from the dead. Our motto is never stop love or rock. Yes. Secret Ion wants you to know that whatever you do that's love, that you should never stop that. Whatever you do that rocks, mm -hmm. never stop that. Mm -hmm. And keep living your life that way every day. A 95-year-old woman I worked with in yeah. Northport didn't play piano for 12 years. I sat with her at that piano, and she plunked out notes for the first time in over a decade. So and amazing. no one should have ever let her stop that. Yes. No one should ever let anybody stop those things. Freaking love it. And social media time. Right. Where can we find you, Secret Eye, in our respect? Websites, list them, tell uh, them. Okay, uh, <laughs> I respect. Band dates. I respect has a link tree, um, so you can look up link tree uh, and see all that stuff. You can look up Liquid Imagination on uh, on Instagram. That is my main thing. Uh, if you look up Secret Ion on mm -hmm. Facebook, mm -hmm. that's S E C R E T I O N. That is uh, also got its own page, too. and uh, we have an EP coming out soon. Um, shows coming up. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. Uh, and I'll list them all under the uh, video. Yeah. But for radio listeners, we'll speak them out. Well, I, I really want you to know in June, uh, on the 23rd, Secret mm -hmm. Ion, Sick Life, The Third Kind, Hostile Intent, and possibly two other sweet... But Oh, sweet bands, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Mark. Uh, anyways, sweet bands will be playing at uh, Nostalgia, and uh, that's the old One Eyed Jacks oh, in yeah. Hicksville. Yeah, 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 it's right. And Great. Uh, we'll be doing uh, Lucky 13 sometime in July. Nice. Comiskey Park, we're still TBD, but mm -hmm. we might be doing a show there in August. Uh, and then uh, my birthday weekend, Cannabis Arts and Music Fest. Upstate New York, uh, we're one of the Ooh, nice. main bands at that. That'll be fun. Yes. And uh, Thursday, July 6th, I respect will be at Revolution, uh, Iration's uh, after party at Paris Cafe, okay. right near Pier 17. In so the I'm going to photocopy this for myself. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and then we're playing in uh, August a couple of dates also. Um, but this is going to be the best summer ever, and that was last summer. All right. Yeah, this is good. Well, thank you so much. Yes, and you. I hope everyone enjoyed her and look her up and definitely check her out. She's good vibes and really enjoyable music. See you later. Back to you, Mark, in the studio. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com, centraloregonradio.com, Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. 
and always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.